Welcome to the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant Show. My name is Rebecca Whitman, and I'm a success mentor. I believe there are seven pillars of success. Your spiritual life, your physical fitness, your emotional, romantic, mental, social, and finally, your financial life. When you get all seven areas in alignment, you are balanced, beautiful, and abundant. I learned this the hard way. I've always made money. Unfortunately, I spent so much time making money that I never had time for the rest of my life. So, despite not having financial worries, I was never happy. I wanted romance, but I didn't have time to date. I wanted to be in great shape, but I couldn't find a moment to go to the gym. I wanted a more spiritual life, but I didn't meditate. That also takes time. I wanted to read great books and fill my mind with deep thoughts, but I never made the time. I wanted a great social life, not just going to work-related events. Emotionally, I was a wreck because my life was totally out of balance. Today, I earn more money than I ever have in my life, and I work only part-time. I have the relationship of my dreams. I'm in the best physical shape of my life. I'm spiritually grounded. I feel fulfilled mentally, socially, and emotionally. My life is in perfect alignment. This podcast will help you discover where your life is out of balance. My mission is to support you in achieving work-life balance so that you can have more fun and freedom in life. On my show, you will get to learn from experts in all seven areas of abundance. My guests have achieved tremendous success in their zone of genius. Are you ready to go to a level 10 in all seven areas of life? You got this. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant Show. I'm your host, Rebecca Whitman, and we are coming to you live from the Bold Brave TV network. Today is a really special show because one of my favorite personal growth mentors, trainers, just an incredible person. He's, he's had a huge impact on my life with the company that he started called Modere. And we are going to talk today about a lot of things, but one of the biggest things we're going to talk about is how to be a great leader because in my opinion, Justin Prince, my special guest, is one of the greatest leaders in my life. And I've met a lot of people, guys. So I'm so excited just to set the stage for him and talk about what it means to me to be a good leader. So these are the things. So you want to create a safe space where people can speak up. You want people to feel heard and you don't want to lead by intimidation. You want to create community. The second thing is you want to make quick decisions. So one of my favorite personal growth books, the first self-help book ever written, Think and Grow Rich, written in 1935, said that successful people make decisions quickly and change them slowly. The leaders make quick decisions. The third thing is they communicate expectations. And one of my favorite teachings of Justin Prince, my guest, is he teaches you to see people where they're going for their potential, not where they are, and communicate that to people. Next thing leaders do is they encourage people to work on their mindset. And my guest, Justin Prince, is an incredible mindset coach. He speaks on on stages all over the world, and that's what you're doing listening to the show. So thank you so much for being on the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant show, listening in and working on your mindset. Another thing that successful leaders do is they are more accountable to others. They're not starfish. They're not just me, 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 look at all my results. They are playing to be accountable to their team. They want other people to win and get points on the board. And that is something that is so important because so many people think that being a great leader is being the star of the team. Some of the greatest leaders in sports are not the stars of the team, but they know how to lead that team. They're the captain. Another great thing leaders do is they lead by example. And that is a wonderful thing that Justin Prince does. Even though he is the founder of Modere, he's still in the field doing exactly what everybody else is doing. He's in the trenches and he's not just sitting in some boardroom somewhere like shuffling a paperwork. He's actually leading by example, which is just so inspiring. Another thing great leaders do 
is they reward consistent performers. So great leaders work where they're deserved, not where they're needed. And they spend time and they work with consistent performers. And one of the greatest things was I got to spend some time with Justin Prince at a retreat in Phoenix, Arizona, with a couple of my mentors who have also been on the show, Sarah and Tony Zalecki. And it was just so great to be able to spend time with him. This is really the first conversation we've had since that retreat. So that's why I'm so excited. Another thing that great leaders do is they provide continuous feedback. They're always looking at the numbers and the key performance indicators, and they're seeing what's working and what's not working. They're planning, they're doing, they're reviewing, they're looking at uh, feedback and trying to improve and get their company to the next level. Another great thing leaders do is they delegate. They stay in their zone of genius. So Henry Ford, one of the first billionaires in America, had a fourth grade education. And they talked about this also in the book, Think and Grow Rich. They asked him, well, you don't even have a high school degree. How are you doing the accounting for the Ford Motor Company? He said, it's easy. I push a button and my accountant walks in. So that's what great leaders do. They stay in their zone of genius. They do what they're great at. And they delegate what they're not great at. Another thing that great leaders do is they seek counsel from other people. I know some of our presidents have hired Tony Robbins as a coach. And I know so many people that are leaders, they're not trying to always figure it out themselves. They have a team of coaches and mentors leading and helping and supporting them because we don't have to do it alone, even as leaders. And there's so many people that leaders go to for counseling and support. They usually have a whole team of people behind them. Another thing that great leaders do is they seek, uh, we talked about seek counsel, they have a positive attitude and they create culture. So having a positive attitude is so important. That is everything because everything trickles down. So if your leader is positive, upbeat, optimistic, that's going to trickle down to the whole team. If the leader is negative, cynical, jaded, that's going to trickle down to the whole team. So the tone that the leader sets is going to set the tone for the whole company and the whole team. And that means creating a culture. And one of the things I love about working with Justin Prince is he has all these different qualities of culture that he created that are really great qualities that just resonate with so many people. And they're just wonderful. I don't know them all, but part of it is being disruptive and humble and authentic and all these great things that he is, that he's created a culture in Modere where everybody wants to embody these amazing qualities. Just a great human would have these awesome qualities. I am just so excited. Uh, the next thing is they have their great teachers. So they are actually teaching people to do what they do. So I love the saying, if you find somebody who has what you want, and if you do what they did, you can get what they got. There's a lot of people that are worth, you know, a lot of money and they're not teaching people how to do it. They're keeping it secret. They're they're keeping it like in boardrooms and they're not wanting anyone to know how they figured it out. But a great leader is an open book and they teach and they are wanting everyone to know what they know so they can also get results. And one of the, the greatest uh, teachings I have heard lately was at a conference I was in in Utah. And it was my first time in Utah. And it was just an incredible speech that Justin Prince gave about leadership. It was actually called a leadership conference. And I was so excited just to be in the audience and listen and take notes and just soak it all in. And that's why I wanted to have him on the show. So what we're going to do now is we're going to cut to a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we are going to hear from one of the best leaders I know of, Justin Prince. He's the founder of Modere. He's helped not only himself create wealth and abundance and health and all the things we talk about on the show, he's helped hundreds of other people, if not thousands, create the same thing. And I am going to be interviewing him on how to be great in leadership and in all other things. So you're not going to want to miss this interview. We're going to cut to a quick commercial break. My name is Rebecca Whitman, your host of the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant show. And we are taking you from burned out and overwhelmed to balanced, beautiful, and abundant. And we will be right back after this quick commercial break. 
Welcome back to the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant Show. I am your host, Rebecca Whitman. We are taking you from burned out, overwhelmed, exhausted, and drained to balanced, beautiful, and abundant. We're coming to you live from Bold Brave TV. Welcome to the show, Justin Prince. And thank you so much. What an honor to be on with you and uh, excited to be here. So great to have you. Let me tell my audience a little bit about your background. So Justin is a family man, an entrepreneur, an author, and an international speaker. He went from selling out of a mall kiosk with no college education to building four multi-million dollar businesses. He has generated over $2 billion in revenue and over 4 million customers with Modere, and he has shared his success story in over 20 countries. So I'm just going to jump right into the first question. So Justin, your passion is to help people with the strategy, skills, and motivation they need to grow into the person they're meant to become. How did you become the person that you are today? What's your success story? Yeah, well, first of all, what an honor to be on, and you know, it's, it's, you're always trying to like condense it into like kind of key principles, but from a story perspective, you know, I'm from a a kind of a middle-class family. My folks got divorced when I was 12. We moved 13 times in the seven years during those teenage years. I was raised by single parents, but I lived at, I lived at my mom's house and I had no professional background. I, I made pizzas. I was doing construction work. I worked at a mall kiosk. You talked about at age 21 selling cartoon Bible movies. I was the guy at the mall you tried to like, not make eye contact with because I, I like talked to you about my, my Bible videos, you know. But I always had big dreams and I always had big goals and I always kind of wanted to do something with my life. I wanted my life to matter. So I was, uh, I was introduced to being an entrepreneur at age 25. Uh, I, at this point, I had one little baby. My wife and I uh, were married and had this one little child. I wanted to make myself proud of me, make my wife proud of me. I, I went for it. <laughs> you know, I started chasing the dream, kind of going for it. And that first business failed. It, it kind of left me in a, in, a, in a financial bind. I was below zero financially, back on credit cards, back on taxes. At one point, I moved my pregnant wife and our two kids into the loft of my wife's parents' garage. And so I, I had two kids sleeping in the closet. My wife and I are sleeping in this little room. I had to go pick up two part-time jobs, one that I would do kind of during the day and then at night, and the other one I would do on the weekends. And then I, I started another business. And just started grinding, trying to see if I could make it, you know, kind of make it come to life. And since that time, as you, you know, you kind of read some of this, the, the, the success bio, but it was just this, it was just this constant process of, of persisting until you succeed, just kind of overcoming the challenges and adjusting and adapting and learning the skills. And I look back at it now and it's really interesting. It's like people said to me, your question, like, how did you do this? You know, if I had to, you know, um, if I had to put it into four words, it'd be read, listen, surround, apply. So the first thing would be read great books. You want to be a student and be reading great books, Books, read books that inspire you. You know, uh, Number two is listen to in- inspiring information, whether it's, it's shows like this, podcasts like this, uh, you know, books on tape, positive YouTubes. Listen to stuff that, that inspires you, turns, you know, kind of inspires your soul, keeps you going. Uh, number three is surround yourself with great people. You know, I feel like I'm a product of great mentors. Aristotle said, if I've seen further, it's only by standing on the shoulders of giants. I feel like I've been able to have people that were willing to kind of pour into me and teach me and kind of guide me. And then the last thing is apply. Apply what you learn. Because the real power in life is not in the learning, it's in the application. It's in the applying. Life's not an information process, it's an application process. And so the challenge is to constantly be applying what you learn. And so for me... You know, if you do read all the books, listen to all the podcasts, you know, uh, surround yourself with all the people, but you don't apply it, it's really all for naught. Uh, then she said, it's he that doeth the deed that hath the power. If you want the power, you got to do the deed. And I felt like what I did is I, I kept just on that personal growth journey that kept me kind of mentally in the game because I people, it's I, I equals I, O. In other words, input in equals input out. So I had to kind of put some good stuff in my mind, you know. And then that kind of kept me in the game long enough to keep applying what I was learning, applying what I was learning, applying what I was learning, adjusting and adapting, overcoming, persisting until. And that's kind of how we <laughs> ended up at this at this stage today, you know? That's incredible. What a journey you've been on. So you mentioned that, you know, you were great at applying information. Who are some of the coaches that have impacted you the most? Yeah, so some of them uh, are people that, our names that we would know. So for example, I've done a lot of work with John C. Maxwell. Uh, he's a leadership, you know, author and, and uh, authority. 
Uh, but some of the classics you 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 mentioned, Thinking Grow Rich. You know, some great classic books, Tony Robbins, obviously. But then some of them are, are mentors that people may not know as much, but that had huge impact in my life. You know, they may not be maybe as famous or as well known, but they were different mentors at different times. People say to me that, you know, do you have mentors or, or did you have mentors? I had different mentors for different seasons. And I tell people, you want to, I would encourage you to have a mentor or to search for mentors in different areas of your life. So for example, your financial mentor may not be your spiritual mentor or may not be your marriage mentor or may not be personal fitness mentor. And you could have people that you look to in these different areas, someone that can get you in the best shape of your life and someone else that can really help you with your finances and and make sure your financial house is in order. And then someone else that can really help you with building and scaling and systematizing your business and maybe someone else in your marriage. And so you kind of give people permission. As adults, you know, no one really loves constructive feedback or constructive criticism. But as adults, you know, you want to give people permission. Say, hey, listen, I'm giving you permission as a friend to hold me accountable and to kind of call me out when when I'm below a standard that we set together, you know? And so I've I've done that. And I had people that could speak speak into me, you know, kind of pour into me and say, hey, listen, I think you tighten up a little bit here, sharpen up a little bit there. So I had some of the more traditional mentors, again, that we've all seen. And then I've also had them that were behind the scenes and people that I was, they were able to kind of pour into my life. So I hear there's a story behind your encounter with Evander Holyfield that changed your life. Would you care to share that? Yeah. So my brother calls me, so I used to fight, I used to box uh, and, and I'm not comparing in any way, shape, or form, my boxing background, Evander Holyfield, who's one of the greatest fighters you know ever. Uh, in fact, he was a he was a five time champion. I mean, just he's just one of the greats. But uh, the point is, I I, I like the sport. You know, I kind of grew up you know competing, and I like the sport. And so my brother calls him today, and he said, Evander Holyfield's up in Salt Lake. You you know you we were having this little private meeting with him. He was like, you know, I know you're in a in the boxing. Would you want to come up? I used to watch Evander fight when I was you know when he was back you know, 20 some odd, well, I guess it'd be 20, 30 years ago now. And so went up there and, and, you know, he is, they call him the real deal, Vander, the real deal, Holyfield. You know, one thing that was interesting about him, he's a very simplistic man, very simplistic thinker. And I share that as a compliment, true genius is simplicity. But he would talk a lot about his mom. You know, he'd be like, my mama said, my mama said, and he uh, almost, almost Rebecca with everything he said, he'd be like, my mama said this, my mama said this. There were these simple little nuggets of wisdom that he had applied to his life. And, you know, just his ability to keep things simple, you know? And uh, and then also, he I remember looking at him, I was standing right next to him, I remember thinking, I was like, this is a pretty tough dude. Like, you wouldn't want to, you wouldn't want to tangle with Evander the Real Deal Holyfield, that's for <laughs> sure. Like, there's 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 a strength that I tell people, if, if you don't have co- confidence in yourself yet, what you can have is courage. You know, because courage sometimes precedes confidence. You say, I don't know if I have a confidence I can achieve my dreams, achieve my goals, build the business I want to build. But what you can have is courage to take to, to take action. And one thing that Evander had was he had a ton of courage. So what happened? Did you talk, you spent some time with him? Yeah, we did, we did a Facebook Live together. Uh, you know, we, we kind of jammed there for a little bit. We did a Facebook Live together and and uh, it was it was just a cool, it was a cool night. He, he uh he gave some different tips and he just, he was just a, she kind of shared his story. It was kind of more of an intimate story I talked about when I used to grow up. So when, when we, when I grew up, my dad, my dad was a land developer and a home builder and he built a community, a, a subdivision. And there was a, a, an all black church from uh, Indiana that had, it was called Faith Temple. They moved to Salt Lake City. And the pastor, the lead pastor was a woman. Her name was, they, I, I, I have only known her ever as mama. That's just what, that's what everyone called her. Yes. And so she she was she kind of led this entire church to Salt Lake City. And so when they got there, my dad uh, had worked with the entire community to get housing. And so they just loved my dad. And so they would take us to the barber shop. We were the only white dudes in the in the whole place, and it's still some of my friends to this day. But they would take us and they would uh, would go to the barber shop at night and watch like the Holyfield and Mike Tyson fights and stuff. And man, it was an incredible experience. I was sharing this with him, and he. He loved it. He loved the, you know, kind of the, the nostalgia of, of, of watching those, those fights and watching his courage back in the day. It was, a, it, was a, it was a cool time. That's awesome. So I was watching some of your content, and what are some of your favorite productivity hacks? Like, 
I think a lot of people are really busy in this day and age. Everyone's so busy, but they're not necessarily productive. Mm -hmm. So how can people actually get results in their productivity? Well, let's start with this. So success is an identity process. And you'll never outperform the way you see yourself. If you see yourself as a loser, you're not going to show up and play like a winner. If you see yourself as a winner, you're not going to roll over and quit like a loser. Busy has become identity for a lot of us. We And what we what we mean by that is that I'm important because I'm busy. Busy equals important to us or it equals that, you know, we're getting some, you know, we have so much going on in our lives and that makes us feel important. One of the uh, identities you want to update is this idea, this identity that busy isn't, is good. <laughs> you, know, you don't want to be busy. You want to be frantic and worn out all the time. And mm-hmm. you can, you could, that's, that'd be one of the places that start is busy equals busy typically equals lazy. And what I mean by that is not lazy in action. It's lazy in thought. You don't have clarity of process. You don't have clarity of priorities. And so that's why you're just trying to get all these things done. You don't have clarity in systems. You don't have clarity in team or in strategies. So yeah. y- you can start to say, like, redefine the way you look at busy would be one of the first ones. Second thing is this. We live in the most distracted time in the history of humanity. It's never, literally never been worse than it is right now through, through social media, through the news, through global conflicts, through inflation, through recession, through uh, our businesses, our families, the things, the notifications, all of the, the, the social channels, meaning the tech channels. It's just never... We never had more, you know, we never had, it's never been worse than it is now. Now on flip, that also means there's never been a bigger opportunity to separate yourself from everyone else. It's like a separation season right now. Mm-hmm. Because if you can learn to get productive and get focused, everyone else is distracted. It's almost like they're all zombies and you're running hundred miles, uh, hundred meter sprints and you're, you're going point A to point B full speed. And that yet they're kind of all zombies, like, you know, victims to the distractions. The research says that from the moment you're focused, you get distracted. How long does it take you to get back into focus? You say it takes me 30 seconds, 45 seconds, a minute. The research says it takes 23 minutes and 15 seconds to get focused. And so if you had, for example, if you had a, a business with 55 employees and they were making $50,000 a year, it would be costing you uh, over a million dollars a year in just lost productivity because out of every hour, they're only focused for 22 minutes of the hour because wow. distractions are bombarding at such a high level. So I share that to say that this is separation season, is learning to get, get hyper-focused. So I'll give you a couple of quick things that I've done. Number one is you want to avoid your phone first thing in the morning. I would encourage you to avoid it for the first hour. Now, when I say avoid it, if you, because of my second tip is to start pouring positive things into your mind. So like I'll use my, like I, I, I have a, an audible, I'll go right into audible. But I don't get into text, I don't get into social, I don't get into email for the first hour plus that I'm awake. And I do it very strategically because I want to pour into my mind before I start reacting to the world. Most people live in a world of reaction to distractions versus a world of intentional creation where you're intentionally creating the life that you want to live. We're reacting to all of the other distractions that everyone else has. So that's one of the first things I do. A second thing that I would encourage you to be thinking about is what I would call like a digital detox. You know, uh, we have this, they, they call it nomophobia and it's basically the no mobile phobia. So it's like, if you didn't know where your phone was, we would all kind of freak out. And, but learning to not be a victim of the phone, like, like for me on Sundays, I do my very best on Sundays to actually have a digital detox away from my phone, you know, so that, that I, I'm using the phone as a tool for me versus being used by the phone, you know, and being, having my life being dictated by the phone. Uh, another Really simple one, uh, simple meaning it's a someone to, uh, in theory, it's, it's not always so simple to apply. And that is uh, your nighttime routines. Great morning routines yeah. start with great night routines. And so not being on your phone late night, the, the all that, that light it makes it harder for your, your mind to, you know, the frenetic energy of your mind calm down. You'll screw up your sleeping patterns. There's been research saying that 43% of people, then this one particular study, 43% of the people studied couldn't finish the night without checking emails. In other words, they had to wake up in the middle of the night to check their phone. Wow. A, you know, a crazy time. I would encourage you to have no phones in your bedroom, you know, no technology in your bedroom. And so like you, uh, n- another quick one would be get a, an alarm. It's, you know, go to Walmart, go to Amazon, go to Target, whatever, go get an alarm. So don't use your phone as your alarm. So you just these little kind of simple hacks. But then the other one I would share with you is this. 
there's a, a framework that I teach called the ILI formula. And the ILI formula says this. So imagine it's a triangle. And the top is the word income. So it's like, what are we trying to accomplish? We're like, well, we're all trying to make an income. And if we learn to make a dollar, we want to learn how to make two. If we make two, we want to learn how to make five. If we make five, how do we make 10? So we're trying to learn how to make more. But the bottom right is the word lifestyle. Because what I would argue is this, Beck, is that we're really not trying to make an income. We're really trying to create a great life. In your yeah. case, a balanced, beautiful, and abundant life. That's a real yeah. goal. And right. the income, hopefully, is just kind of like, like a catalyst or a vehicle, you know, to get us to this, this life that we love. Well, then that leads to the bottom left, you know, if you're doing a triangle, the bottom left one, which is impact. If I made all the money in the world, had an amazing life, but I was selling cocaine, that's not going to work either. Why? Because right. your impact sucks, you know, because you're not making a positive impact. And so the ILI formula is how do I make a great living? How do I build a life that I actually love? Because oftentimes what happens, people's income goes up and their lifestyle goes down. They like hate their life worse because they're working even you know more frantic and more stressed out. And then how do I make a positive impact in people's lives? Like how do I do stuff that really matters to me? Well, the way you do those three things, raise your income, raise your lifestyle, raise your impact, is, and I write this typically in the middle of has like on a whiteboard, is through teams and systems. Right. So teams and system is, is building teams of people that can help you to accomplish, you know, th- those three things. And then number two is also building um, systems to where it's not all based on just how heavy you can lift, on what you can do. And, you know, from a, a business perspective, you create standard operating procedure, you know, you create systems from a, even within a family, like you create teams and systems. And the last thing I'd share with you is this, I, I teach people how to calculate their value, not their value, like in the sight of God or in the sight of the community, not that, the value that they have in the marketplace. And so there's a simple formula that I teach to help them get under their dollar per hour rate and their dollar per minute rate. Once you have that, then you start asking yourself, what, what could I hire someone to do? for less than it costs me to do it per hour so that I could do more of the things that where I really shine, where I can really make it rain, where I can really add impact. Uh, you start doing the things that only you can do and you start to create teams and systems that do everything else. And so when you're doing yours, uh, uh, Steve Jobs said it this way. He said, a lot of people think that focus is saying yes to things. He says, but that's not what focus is at all. He said, focus is learning um, to say no to most things so that you can say yes to the important things. It's the vital few trivial many that uh, essentialism Greg McNown talks about. And so you learn to say yes to your highest priorities. You learn to say yes to the things that only you can do and you can do at a highest level that create the highest amount of impact, drive the highest amount of income, create the best life. And then you systematize and create teams for everything else. And, and when you learn that formula, that is, a, that is a really powerful way to live your life because you start to, you, you literally can, like authentically have a balanced, a beautiful and an abundant life because it's not all based on just how heavy you can lift. That is so beautiful to go back to what you said about the phone thing. I was actually rewarding myself yesterday with a massage because I had a couple like goals that I hit and uh, it was like in one of those Chinese massage places where everyone's kind of in the same room and someone was actually like getting their feet massaged and looking at their phone. And I'm like, Oh my God, what does our society come to? Like, we can't even like relax and get a massage without the phone addiction. It is, it is real. And when do you wind down? When do you stop looking at your phone at night when you're doing your nighttime routine? Yeah. I mean, look, I'm not perfect at it. So I, you know, there's sometimes like, like last night I was, I was, I was, uh, I had some late night calls. I was, I was like pacing, yeah. doing, Late. So I'm not, I'm not perfect. I do my very, very best, but my goal is typically by like nine, nine 30, I start to kind of like shut the, shut that engine down. And then by typically 10, 10 30, you know, I'm in bed and asleep and the whole thing. Um, one thing that I would encourage you to do is have books next to your bed yeah. so that you don't wind down with TV. You don't wind down with social. You don't wind down with, with electronics. You like wind down, you know, through, through reading or through writing and write some good notes, some good thoughts. But those, man, those simple practices, if you can do those, they, they, by the way, I didn't sleep well last night. And it's one of the reasons I didn't sleep well is because I didn't take that time to wind down. You know, you went right from like working, 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 and then like try to shut it off. It's not how your body was designed to to do it. So I, anytime I do that, 
and do it well. And your nighttime routines will create your morning routines. I first learned the whole morning habit stuff and it was life-changing, but I realized my morning habits were fed by my night habits. And so I really had to tighten up all the night habits. Absolutely. So the topic of this show is how to be a great leader. What are your qualities that you seek to cultivate in yourself? And you're great at creating leaders too. So what makes a great leader in your opinion, Justin? You know, you, you on the opener shared quite a few really, really profound insights on leadership. It was really fantastic. One of them, you said leaders lead by example. I tell people the essence of leadership is example. It's not go do what I say. It's, it's do what I do. You follow the example. Maxwell teaches the five levels of leadership. And level one is, is a position. So like I'm the manager over you, you know, or I'm, I'm above you in the organizational structure. So you have to follow me because basically I'm above you. That's the lowest level of leadership is I'm following you because I kind of have to, because you're the manager kind of thing. The next level up, which is a big step up, which is permission. And permission basically says, I follow you because I want to follow you. (laughs) You know, like I, in other words, I'm not following you because I have to, I'm following you because I want to, you know, I, I want to follow your leadership. Number three is another huge step up and it's production. Production is I follow you because you know how to, because of the, of the, the way that you produce for the organization. In other words, you know how to put points on the board. There, there's real value in, in someone that can just make stuff happen. They actually can get it done. Now you, you, you mentioned this and it's absolutely true. You said sometimes on the sports teams, the best player may not be the best leader. Absolutely true. Yeah. Absolutely true. In other words, maybe the top score is not always the best leader. There's no question about that. However, there is some cred that says, I know how to score 30 a night. There's like, okay, like, like when it comes to scoring, I'm going to listen to what you have to say, you know, that kind of thing. So yes. the fourth level of leadership, which is again, another huge step up is the, is production. Production means uh, it's, it's the people development level. Now you're developed. It's not just that you can produce for yourself, but now you know how to like produce leaders. Like you're actually, you're, you're replicating leadership. So people follow you because of your ability to, 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 to reproduce leadership. And then number five is the pinnacle. And this is the top level, which is, you know, the pinnacle level, which is people follow you because of who you are and what you stand for. Mm. And Maxwell says it best. He says, you have done it so well for so long for so many. That's the yeah. pinnacle leader. And there's, there's levels to the game. You know, there's levels to all those five levels. And so to me, you know, leadership, the essence of leadership is example. It, it's, it's striving through there. You know, leadership is not title. It's not position. It's, you know, meaning you're not just a leader because you're the manager. It's not just you're the leader because you have the title. You're a leader because you choose to lead and you choose to uh, serve other people. I also believe that, you know, the word servant or the, uh, the word uh, hero, pardon me, the word hero is uh, comes from the Latin word servo. And the word servo means a servant. And so we're all like trying to be the hero for our family, the hero for our business, the hero even in our own life, the hero of the story, you know, live a significant life. The way you do that is by being the best servant. Yeah. So a hero is the servant. And so you serve other people. You know, you're, you're the servo. You go out and serve other people, add value, lift people up, inspire people. The greatest among you, the greatest leader is actually the best servant. It's beautiful. So how did you get involved with the John Maxwell training organization? How did you start becoming a trainer? Is that what launched your career as a trainer? Were you already a trainer and then you wanted to work? Yeah, I already was. I I, I was already building my business and I was already doing speaking and training. That that wasn't what like led to that section. Um, It started, it was really interesting. It started with, there was an event, there was like a, I think they called it a lead. I remember exactly what it was called, but it was this really kind of intimate event. And it's a good lesson. You know, it was an expensive event to attend and be part of this, this whole group was, it was an expensive thing. And I share that with you, say, you always want to be investing in yourself, my friend. The best investment you'll ever make is an investment in yourself. Uh, Buffett says this way in his 2020 uh, investors meeting, he said, the best investment by far that you can make is anything that's in yourself. You want to invest in you. And that I invested in myself from a leadership perspective, in a knowledge perspective. But then I, what was also happening is I was investing in 
those relationships too, you know, and that one led to another one, which led to another one, which led to another one. And now, you know, <laughs> we've, it's turned into a, a, a real relationship and, a, and, a, and a, he's someone that has had a, a big impact in my life. And so I think that it just kind of one led to the next is kind of how that happened. Kind of got into his orbit and, and I've learned a lot and, and uh, met some really wonderful people. And have you also taken a lot of Tony Robbins seminars? I have. I just got home from uh, Business Mastery just uh, maybe a month or so ago. And, uh, you know, I really studied Tony, particularly when I was kind of coming up, doing through a bunch of his, this is back when he, a lot of stuff was on CD, went through a bunch of those things. And, and, and Tony's, Tony's, to me, he's kind of the goat, you know, he's like the greatest of all time when it comes to just the personal development world. I don't think anyone's done it. Again, so well for so long for so many as, as Tony has. Does he know you and what you've created with Modair? I don't think so. I don't. I, he and I have never kind of crossed paths from, from like a, a personal level. Uh, That's incredible. We, we have to mutual. Me. Yeah, we have mutual friends, but uh, we've never like crossed paths from like a you know like a, an intimate level. So here is another powerful question. I know we're almost running out of time, but what differentiates Modier from all the other network marketing companies? There are many things, but one of the main things that attracted me is Modier teaches you to build on social media. So what are some of your pointers on how to build a business on social media? Yeah, I mean, about probably six years ago, we were kind of the company in our profession that kind of just we're like, we went headlong into figuring out how to do it on social. And, uh, we've, I was on the phone with a, a top leader from another company just two, two days ago or so, two or three days ago. And he goes, we've all been trying to catch up with you guys since, you know, we've been trying to like figure out what you guys figured out and trying to mimic or model, you know, what you guys did. Uh, so whether it's, whether you're building a business like ours or whether you're building any business, yeah. The, the the research is actually pretty clear on what's happening now. You want to have a personal brand. And a personal brand, to me, is not just your logo and your font and your colors and your website. Your personal brand is how you make people feel. Your personal brand is what they can expect from you. And when they go to social, they go there as like a business card. Go there, to, in essence, to validate you or to validate who you are. They go to social to figure out, is what they heard about you right? Or who is this person? And there's been research done that <laughs> talks about the importance of having a personal brand, even if you're an attorney or even if you're a doctor or even if you're a financial planner or in other words, not just for people that are like making money online specifically, just period that you have a personal brand where people get to know you. We trust what we see. And so as you show up consistently, you can build like and trust with people through the power of video, you know, a conversation like this, obviously, but through the power of video is the fastest way to authority. Now, in addition to that, the internet is going more and more and more towards video, faster and faster towards video. In this case, specifically short form video. And so you can go on there, you can solve problems, answer questions, alleviate concerns, uh, you know, uh, overcome doubts that your consumers having, your customers having, your best prospects having, your partners would have. And you can serve people through video. They can see your eyes, they can hear your voice, they can Feel of your sincerity because of the power of video. So you want to be building your business on social media. And we've, you know, done, if, if someone would have told me six years ago, they'd have said, hey, listen, you guys are going to do, you know, two and a half billion dollars in revenue all, all online. I would have been like, you're crazy. Like I just didn't even, I, cause I wasn't raised that way. I was raised more kind of traditional belly to belly, eye to eye, you know, face to face, that whole thing. But it is the new medium. It is so powerful and learning how to use it appropriately you are showing up and adding value. You're not just going on there to like, you know, just as a, as a infomercial to pound people, but you're actually showing up and adding value. It's the fastest way to build credibility because people, people trust what they see. And so we get a chance to actually, you know, build like and trust with people through, you know, these online uh, platforms. It's funny. I already had a coaching business and this podcast before I started working with Madeira and I was looking for brands to affiliate with that matched my personal brand of being balanced, beautiful, and abundant. So I I think it's a great, what you said is great. It's you're the brand. And then you finding that promote things that match who you are. Yeah. So Jay-Z said, I'm not a businessman. I'm a business man. And he is the business, you know, Uh, we talked about Tony. Tony is the business. Like the business is, is this personal brand that he's built and that, you know, that, that repertoire, uh, that repository of content, uh, going back, we talked about, you know, 
you want to be a creator, not a consumer. Like, don't just go online and consume all this stuff. Go online and create some of this stuff. And so be, be one of the ones that's using this massive transfer of data online as one of the ones that's producing or, or creating that content versus just being a content consumer. Exactly. And then the final question, I know you just did a whole like hour presentation on this the other night, but how do we thrive in an economic winter? So let me start by saying this. Uh, I think we're just heading into heading into it. We're uh, 14 years since our last recession. Recessions happen typically in the United States about every five to seven years. And so we're, we're, we're actually a number of years overdue. And so I don't think we're heading out of it. I think we're heading into it. And so when you hear that, for a lot of people, it strikes a ton of fear in their heart. We have the highest inflation we've had in 40 years. There's global conflicts that are causing a lot of uncertainty. And, and a lot of the uncertainty is the uncertainty. I mean, I don't know, you know, we never know exactly how it's going to go play out. However, what I would also say is this will create, um, most likely this will create the greatest opportunity in the history of any of our lives. Because recessions is when everything goes on sale. If you look at some of the biggest businesses ever built, if you look at some of the most wealthy people in the world that were ever created, it happens during down economies. So if you know how what you're doing, if you know how to navigate these, have the technical and tactical skills, you actually can get way ahead during a down economy because everything goes on sale. Most people, for example, in the stock market, most people buy when it's high because they're like, oh my gosh, it's, it's exploding. So everyone buys when it's high and then they sell when it's low. You know, like, oh my gosh, it's falling through the floor. Like, like everyone sells off. You want to have the exact opposite strategy. Like you want to buy when it's low because you can buy your $1 can buy more, more shares, more value. And then you, you sell when it's high, you know, you want to have the opposite strategy. So I, I'm sharing with my teams. I'm sharing with anyone that I teach. I just was on a podcast earlier today. I'm encouraging people to get into add a zero mode. Add a zero means in the next three years, you want to add a zero to your net worth. And you say, well, how would I do that in a down economy? It's because this is the time that everything goes on sale. And so you can go from, you know, you're worth a hundred thousand to a million from a million to 10, 10 to a hundred. Like you can add a zero mode where you're, you're, you're taking full responsibility for your financial future right now. You're kind of your financial house as it were. And, and I teach as, as you heard three main steps, you maximize, maximize your income, you know, max, be like, what can you do to earn more money? It's one of the reasons I love what we do. We can help people to maximize their income earning potential. They can make more. You know, the average American makes 63000 a year. That's household. Household, that's the, the entire median income of the household. And so how do you take it from 63 to 70, from 70 to 80, from 80 to 120? Like, you got to maximize it. Uh, number two is you want to minimize expenses. So in America, most people, as their income goes up, their expenses go right along with it. They kind of mirror each other. Uh, in America right now, the average in, uh, savings is $4,500. And 42% of the population has less than 1,000. So they're one blown out tire from just being in a really tough situation. And you want to m minimize your, your expenses. You want to get rid of stuff. Like I teach people how to create a snowball. You, you start to build some pod momentum so you're behind. Instead of being behind the, eight, the interest and debt eight ball, you're actually ahead of it. And then number three is build cash flowing assets because you build a gap. You know, Between income and expenses, you build a gap. And then you start to build cash flowing assets. And with, it's as simple as it gets, three simple steps. But when you take those three simple steps and you have time and you have a consistency and, you know, <laughs> it's, like, it's like a math equation, you know, at that point, just the, the, the inevitability or the odds of that paying out are 100%. I'm excited about the recession because more millionaires are made in recessions than any other time. So I'm super excited to roll my sleeves up and get to work. We are going to cut to a commercial break in a couple seconds. My name is Rebecca Whitman. I'm your host of the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant show. We're taking you from burned out to balanced, beautiful, and abundant. And we're coming to you live from the Bold Brave TV network. We're going to cut to a commercial. And when we come back, you're going to learn how to stay in touch with Justin Prince. Thanks, guys. Mike Zorick, a three-time California state champion in Greco-Roman wrestling at 114 pounds. Mike, blind since birth, was born in Hartford, Connecticut. 
He was a six-time national placer, including two seconds, two-thirds, and two-fourths. He also won the Veterans Folk Style Wrestling twice at 152 pounds. In all these tournaments, he was the only blind competitor. Nancy Zorick, a creative spirit whose talents have taken her to the stage, into galleries and exhibitions in several states. Her father, a commercial artist who shared his instruments with his daughter and helped her fine-tune her natural abilities, influenced her decision to follow in his footsteps. Ms. Zorick has enjoyed a fruitful career doing what she loves. Listen Saturday mornings at 12 Eastern for the Nancy and My Show for heartwarming stories and interesting talk on the BBM Global Network. Dr. R.C. will share extraordinary resources and services that promote educational success as well as making a difference in the lives of all social workers as well as the lives of children, adolescents, and teens of today. She will have open discussions addressing many of the issues that we face about our youth and how being employed in the unique skilled profession of social work for over 18 years has taught invaluable lessons to her personal experiences. She will also provide real-life facts, examples, and personal stories that will confirm that why serving as a child advocate is extremely beneficial when addressing the needs of the whole child. Listen live to Dare to Soar, Saturdays, 10 a.m. Eastern, on the BBM Global Work and tune in radio as Dr. R.C. will provide thought-provoking information that will empower, encourage, and strengthen students, families, and communities across our nation. You can also visit her at soarwithkatie.com. Welcome back to the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant Show, hosted by me, Rebecca Whitman, where we're taking you from burned out and overwhelmed to balanced, beautiful, and abundant. We've talked about some amazing things today with our guest, Justin Prince. I'm sure you're going to want to follow him on social and find out about what he's up to. So, Justin, where can people find you? Yeah, so I'm across all social platforms. Uh, Typically, it's I am Justin Prince, so I am Justin Prince. You can go to IamJustinPrince.com. On Facebook, it's Justin Prince. But uh, you know, put out a ton of content that uh, I think will help you to live a more balanced, beautiful, and abundant life and, and really uh, you know, raise your level of leadership and you know, achieve those dreams and goals and things that are in your heart and in your mind. So, Rebecca, just what an honor to be on with you. Really admire the value that you're putting out and, and the way that you're showing up in the world. Thank you. And I know you have a big training coming up in Salt Lake City, November 19th. How do people find out about that? Yeah, so it's actually in a place called St. George, Utah. So it's about uh, oh. uh, southern Utah, kind of in the Red Rocks down here. It's going to be a really, really off the charts event. So in kind of a private event, it's only 125 people. It's how do you thrive through a down economy? So we're going to be covering a lot of stuff we kind of talked about uh, where we just had a kind of skim over, but productivity, how do you go from busy to productive? How do you explode your productivity, get rid of distractions? We're going to be talking the latest on personal branding, uh, uh, explaining your brand through video, acquiring more customers, acquiring more leads. And then last year, all the wealth building stuff to, you know, how do you capitalize that at zero during this time? And then, hey, let, you know, raise your leadership lid. So uh, we'll have a link, I think, in the description of, of, the, of, the, of the show and I uh, would love to have you there. In it, it, we're in a, a, a destination place. So in November in St. George, it's a special place. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Justin. I know you're really busy today. So you've been an amazing guest. And I love being a part of your team of Odair. And I can't wait to see you at the next event. Thanks so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you. You did such a great job. It's an honor to be on with you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. All right, everyone, that was our wonderful guest, Justin Prince. I'm so excited about everything we talked about leadership. We have some great things going on in the world of balance, beautiful, and abundant. I am hosting the 777 Fall Reset Challenge, seven pillars of abundance in seven days for only $7. They say that fall is a new January and you can reset everything in all seven pillars of abundance. So make sure you go to the link tree in the show notes to take advantage of $7 training. You can definitely invest that in yourself. I'm also part of a really great free virtual summit. It's called Mindset Makeover. I'm one of the experts interviewed on how to break through negative beliefs. And you can go to the link tree and get your free VIP guest pass 
to get your mindset makeover. It's hosted by an incredible coach, Ashley Smith, and I'm so excited to be one of the guests in that summit. We also have our free masterclass, the 45-minute masterclass that if you have not listened to, you've got to jump in it. It's five simple shifts for creating your six-figure side hustle. Again, go to the link tree. And then finally, the liquid collagen that I'm totally obsessed with. I won't go a day without it. I feel like I'm aging backwards. I'm in the best shape of my life. Everything's better. My hair, my skin, my nails, my eyebrows, eyelashes. Like I feel younger, stronger. My glow up is real, guys. This is on flash sale between October 21st and October 31st. So we're having a special $20 off promo code. Again, go to the link in my bio. We have collagen both for fat loss. We have it for anti-aging. This collagen is sugar-free, gluten-free, soy-free. It has healthy fats and it has 13 superfoods for energy and anti-aging. You want to be on this collagen. So we are really excited too. I'm going to be speaking in person this Tuesday, October 25th in Los Angeles, Seven Pillars of Attraction, How to Magnetize Love. I'm going to talk about how I went from being divorced, lonely, and cynical to finding the love of my life. I'm 11 months into the most beautiful marriage I've ever even imagined, and I'm going to teach you how to do it. So if you're in the Los Angeles area, definitely come to the live event. If you're virtual, you can tune in from Zoom all over the world. So again, check the link tree in the show notes. This has been an amazing episode of Balance Beautiful and Abundant. If you're interested in learning more about Modere, the company that Justin Prince is the founder of and that I've really been enjoying being a part of, definitely send me a DM or even schedule a free breakthrough call. Again, the link is in the link tree and we can just kind of talk and share your goals and your story and I can help you get started with that or even just share some time and answer some questions. So everyone, thank you so much for being my awesome listener. This has been another wonderful episode of the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant show where we're taking you from burned out to balanced, beautiful, and abundant. I'm your host, Rebecca Whitman. And we were live at Bold Brave TV. Don't forget to save the date for next Thursday, 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific, where we will have another incredible guest. And until we meet again, keep your vibe high and your hands clean. Who says you can't have it all? I'm proof that you can. You just have to put your life into balance. Too much of anything, money, fitness, socializing, can overtake your life. When all seven aspects of your life work in harmony, you will achieve the balanced, beautiful, and abundant life you've always dreamed of. Please subscribe to hear more inspiring interviews. Is there someone you know who could benefit from this podcast? Please share this podcast with them. Please review this podcast. Your feedback will help me target your needs and plan for upcoming shows that answer your questions and feature guest speakers that can make a big difference in your life. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Rebecca E. Whitman. Feel free to DM me to book a free balance assessment call. And don't forget, stay balanced, beautiful, and abundant. It's cold and